Hi guys. So Alian here again. I am back for Leader Shift. And as you know, every couple of weeks we bring to you an amazing female, amazing women from across the globe, just to share their thoughts and perspectives on different areas that are necessary for us to learn a little bit better how to lead, right? Whether in our lives, in our careers, in business, whatever we are doing, how can we take these tips and make them magic? And it's the perfect word because next up we have Kelly and she has an amazing story. I want to share that. She's an adventure coach. And there's so much that we're going to unpack here in this episode. But I'll let her share a little bit more about her, what she's been up to, and then we'll delve into a bit of her background. So over to you, Kelly. How are you doing? How is things going? What's happening with Kelly? Tell me a little bit about Kelly. Yeah, well, first, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. And I I hope that by sharing some of my story and my journey that whoever's listening is going to be inspired to take their own leaps because I love that you use that word magic. I know we're going to talk about it. Yes. <laughs> um, I have a phrase I use all the time about, uh, about how magic actually happens and it's not how we might think. So mm. I can't wait to delve into that, but I am doing really well. I'm joining you right now from Minneapolis, Minnesota, which is not my normal home. Mm. But I uh, am here because I was doing a short term, uh, house sitting for a friend of a friend okay. and was about to go back to Los Angeles, which is my home base. And then COVID happened. Oh, and so, okay. yeah. And so I've, you know, I've chosen to stay here instead of going back to LA, but, um, I am a, a West coast girl at heart and I love uh, the energy and vibe of Los Angeles. And I am somebody who, who likes to try and do new things as well as we'll learn more about as we go along but so talk to me about covid like how has it been i mean i know around the world it's a little crazy at the moment like how has it truly been for you during this time period even being away from from home you know your original how how does it feel how is what's going on with with you at the time at the moment yeah so it's been a really interesting thing um when covid when things were first starting to get really bad and everybody was having to start working from home, I actually had this brainstorm and I launched into this brand new project. So it kept me really wow. busy. What I did, I um, brought together 21 experts from across across the country, the US, right. um, to, to create content and record courses to help people adjust to working from home. And so, well done. <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a very inspired thought and things came together so seamlessly. I couldn't even believe it. And as far as COVID goes, it, I was so occupied with making that happen in three weeks, we created like 30 courses. It was crazy wow. and, had it, and had it ready to, to launch to the public. So it happened really fast. So what that did with me is it gave me something to focus on and distract me from processing all that really is going on. And as everybody knows, there's so many layers to process yeah. going through this. This is nothing any of us have ever experienced before. And even the most healthy, emotionally healthy person is going to struggle with something of this just, magnitude. Just a little bit, right? I mean, I've spoken to so many people in so many different uh, countries around the world. And um everybody's battling with it slightly differently. But I think the common theme, whether persons are introverts or extroverts, like I feel like the common theme is realizing or recognizing 
how important connectivity is and whether persons are used to being connected or seeing persons somehow across the board everyone is craving it and um i think i guess a beautiful thing and this is so sidetracked right now but (laughs) a beautiful thing about the world we live in today is the fact that we have the internet and that in and of itself has allowed persons to still stay connected, yeah. you know, in, in even a time where they may not necessarily feel like taking up the phone or calling or messaging, knowing that just at the end of the line, someone else could be there, you know. Yeah. Um, but generally, I know um, COVID has really, really, really turned the world upside down. Yeah. Um, but tell me about tell me about you now let's let's delve into kelly the career woman you know Mm -hmm. um you talked about building this course and building this building out this team how how did you even start to go about doing something like that like where do you even source 21 persons to to build a course like what does that look like for kelly Yeah, well, I will tell you that I've realized it took me this many years. I mean, I know I look and sound very young, but uh, it took me (laughs) it took me a lot of years to really embrace and discover that I have a gift for networking with people and also helping people feel comfortable and trust me really quickly. And so this project, I'm telling you, it the people who came together, I probably only knew a third of the people before the project started. Wow. And so what I did is I just started talking to people that I knew and trusted and said, Hey, I'm looking for experts in this and this and this, do you know anybody? Mm. So I started, you know, and then they would connect me to people and I'd have a conversation. And then I did in a couple of Facebook groups that I'm a part of where I, I felt like there were high caliber people. I would like, if I was still missing something, I'd say, Hey, I'm looking for, you know, specifically I was looking for somebody to help with uh, video etiquette because all right. of a sudden everybody was having to be on video meetings. Yeah. Right? yeah. And if, if you've been on one, like we all have, you know, that some people need some help, right? They do. We might be one of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it's true, but right? yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I was looking for that specific. So I found that from one of the groups that I was in. I found another person from a group I was in that, that could deal with um, how to lead, how to con- help your team connect virtually. Right. So, you know, since you don't have that in person, they're not gathering around a water cooler or whatever to talk about stuff. How can you still keep people connected? So basically the bottom line to answer your question is I just started talking to people and sharing the vision of what I wanted to do. And I, the, the team of people that came together, not only are they experts in their field, but they're all people who have been working from home. So they know what that's like. Yeah. And this was the other thing I was really looking for. I was like, yes, you want this to be some kind of an income stream that adds to whatever you're doing, but I want you to start from a place of you want to help people. You want to serve people. Right. And we know people need this right now. And the team that came together, that's really their heart. They're like, Mm. yes, I want to serve. So I think anytime you're launching into something that's new, knowing that you are walking alongside people who have the same heart that you do, the same vision that you do, Mm. that's really important. And once we had those two things in place, all the rest kind of just happened easily. Ali, how important do you feel it is to have a rock solid inner circle? 
Now, mm. I know I, I, I hear you speak about, you know, networking and um, having having close relationships and then that build out into other relationships and that kind of spiraled as well. But I'm wondering, like, how important do you think it is to have that inner circle that you can be your core, can be the epicenter of anything or projects that you do and even a, a part of your team that you're building? Yeah, I think it's so critical. Um, I have, I would say I have that kind of a circle in various ways in my life. So right. even actually right before we, we got together for this podcast, I was on the phone with one of my accountability partners. So I actually have three different accountability partners nice. who we talk about both personal, but primarily business related things. And it's interesting because each of those three relationships bring out different parts of what, what I need. And I bring out different parts of what they need. Um, and so in my business, I definitely have that. And I almost always am working with a paid coach as well, because right. I think that there's so much value in investing in yourself and believing yes. that that is going to help you get to the next level. Um, so I'm just in between seasons right now, but I usually also have a coach that I'm working with. And then in my personal life, I have a core group of friends that I know we're going to talk more about my, my traveling around the world, but yeah. this core of people are people that even if I'm separated from them geographically, which I've been a lot in the last several years in my life, uh, I know that there are people who I can call when I'm having a hard day. They can call me. We, we know that we have each other and it makes all the difference. And so I know there's a lot of people out there who don't have that yet and they think I can never find it. Yeah. But there are so many things, all two out of the three accountability people that I mentioned, I'm not in the same place as them. So we do everything mm. virtually. Right. So if you are in a place, like say you're in a small town and there's nobody that kind of gets you, you know, I'm imagining a lot of your viewers are, I mean, your listeners are people who are, are trying to think about paving a new path. Yeah. And often it's hard to find other people to gel with, but yeah, I, I bet even if people tried to connect with other listeners of this podcast yes. and start creating that community, yeah. you're going to find your people, people who get you, who believe in you, who are going to like call you on your ish when they, when you need it. Right. But also love and support you when you're being too hard on yourself. Yeah, totally. I mean, there's so many different things we could unpack about um, in our circles. I think generally is important to also not only find someone who supports you, but as you just said, someone who's going to call you out when you're, you're not just, you're not on top of your game and genuinely wants to see you win. Right. And I think oftentimes for those who may not feel like they have have an inner network that they can count on oftentimes I feel like it's because they might think well no one is going to understand no one gets it no one gets me or you know no one no one is going through what I'm going through and very often we don't recognize that actually I'm sure if you threw a, a small stone you'll find someone yes. who gets it completely right yeah so tell me about how you built the friendships and relationships you've had part of your inner circle as part of your travels. I, I saw as part of your story that you left corporate, the corporate world and you decided to travel. Talk to me about that, Kelly. That's just amazing. Why, what sparked that for you? Yeah. So I love talking about this because not only is it a huge highlight of my life, but I think 
that people will find threads that they really identify with in mm -hmm. my story. So the short version, you know, I'm not always good at making it short, but the short <laughs> version of my story is that um, I, I was working in a, I was in like a senior leadership role in a corporate environment and doing like good things in the world. It wasn't like an evil corporation doing bad stuff. It was doing good things in the world. And I was making really good money. I had incredible benefits. And from the outside, you could look at my life and think, oh yeah, she must be super happy because she's got a good job. She's making good money. She has benefits. She has savings in the bank. She's thinking about buying a house in Los Angeles, which is a huge deal. Nice. Um, but the problem was that those weren't the things that actually were make, make me happy. Mm. So I was following a path that I should. So what I've identified in my life now is that there's two kinds of goals that are really dangerous for us. One is should, and those things are fairly easily identifiable. Like I'm going to do this thing because it's what I should do. It's what is expected of me. It's what is the next step that everybody else is doing. So I'll just do it. Not because it's a drive from your inside, but because you should, it's an external force. Yeah. The even more dangerous one is a substitute goal. And those are goals that are bringing you in the direction you want to go, but they're safer than what you really should do because that's going to get you closer to where you really want to go, but it's scarier. Yeah. So an example might be, I want to start my own business and that is what I really desire to do. But instead of starting my own business, I'm going to go get a bunch of certifications that will make me feel like I'm more qualified, even if I actually already have the qualification. It's not a bad thing. You're not doing a bad thing, but you're doing something that's substituting for what you really should do, which is maybe take that leap because maybe the people who are going to be your clients don't actually care if you have certification, right? Maybe it's just safer for you. So I was in this place where um, I was checking all the should boxes. I got a master's degree. Um, I was, you know, I got in a promotion at work. I was growing the programs that I was in charge of. And then one day I had this thought because I was saving to buy a house. And in LA, that's a big deal because houses are very expensive. Expensive, yeah. It was very, <laughs> yes. So like anytime I'd get a promotion or whatever, I would just, I would live on the same amount of money, but put the extra money in, in a savings account. So I was saving for a down payment. And then one day I paused and I said, hold on what is my life going to look like after I reach my goal? Mm. So if I get to the point of buying the house, what will my, my life look like? And is that the life that I want? Mm. And when I answered that question, honestly, it was no, it's not. Because for me, as a single person, it would have meant a lot of my life would have shifted to paying for the house. Yeah. I would have been stuck in a job because it was paying me good money. I would have had to cut a lot of my travels out because I had to put money to the house. I would probably have to socialize less because money had to go to the house. Mm. And even though there were good financial long-term payoffs of making that jump, that was another should. And so then I had to ask myself an even more important question, which was, what am I going to do about it? Mm. So now I've been honest that this is not actually the life that I want. So what am I going to do about it? And I'll tell you, like, this may sound ridiculous, but I realized somewhere inside of me, I was thinking that some kind of like 
knight in shining armor, and I don't mean like a man coming to pay for things, but yeah. somehow uh, some magical fairy was going to show up in my life and be like, I see all of your talents and I'm going to pay you a lot of money to do what you love. <laughs> it's done. No. Exactly. That's not going to happen. Right? So I didn't, you know, like to even identify for myself that I had been thinking this, I was like, uh, uh, actually I'm the only one responsible for making my life different. If I want it to be different, no magical fairy is going to come out and go boop, boop. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Not realistic. Right. So I had to make the choice then. And so I went through a several month process of going back and forth. And I, I knew I had taken a, a backpacking trip through Europe right after college and didn't really have a big plan of what I was going to do in that month or six weeks or whatever it was, but it ended up being one of the most exciting times of my life. And so I always knew I wanted to do something kind of like that again mm. on a bigger scale. And so I got the courage up to quit my job and decided that I was going to travel the world for three months. Mm. So that was my original plan. And knew at that point, my job tried to say, hey, why don't you just take like a sabbatical and just go away and come back again? We'll hold your job. And I was like, no, I know that it's, there's something telling me it's time to pivot. Yeah. And I want to listen to that voice. And I have listened to that voice several times in my life in the past where it was time to make a big pivot. And I knew that I could trust it. So I took that leap and I went out on the road and all these, now I'm bringing back that word magic. So many magical things happened when I made that decision and I took the leap. Mm -hmm. So a lot of back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. But as soon as I made the decision and started acting on that decision, so I decided I was going to leave the job and travel. And as soon as I let my job know, started telling my friends what I was doing, all kinds of magical things started happening. Mm -hmm. And the bottom line of that is my three months ended up turning into three years of traveling around the world. Whoa. <laughs> three Whoa. years. I, it yeah. should have never, like in a practical sense, it should have never happened. Right. But all that magic is what made it go on for so long. That is, that is absolutely crazy. Mm -hmm. I couldn't even imagine myself. I feel like I, I mean, I am very much an adventure kind of girl. <laughs> I don't know how I would even start to survive for three years. But again, there's that word, magic. Yes. And and what I heard from you, Kelly, two main things, really, um, that I think are so important. Oftentimes, we feel stuck. Yeah. And that, that, that position of, of feeling stuck, like you don't know where to turn or if you should be going forward or backwards, really creates an environment that you kind of feel like what's the point was what was the point of all of this right hopeless yeah yeah um but then a second thing you said that reminded me of imposter syndrome mm. where you feel like you know am i should should you know should i be doing this what am i doing why why do it because you know we often do these things where you know we want to do this, but we try to find a path to do this, this, this before we actually just go directly and do that. And a lot of the time is sometimes that we feel like we we aren't worthy yes. of accomplishing that particular thing. Like we, who would, 
okay, I want to sell a course. I want to coach you. Who would even want to listen to me? Who, who can I possibly coach? Like, I'm not, I'm not good enough to do that. Why would anybody pay for that? You know? And we often have those, those kind of burning questions in our head. When in truth and in fact, it's us holding us back. We're actually holding our own selves back, right? How does one even, how do we get over that? What, 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 What would be your advice for for overcoming that especially yeah. when you yourself did such a huge leap that mm-hmm. persons probably wouldn't even be able to comprehend you know yeah yeah well when i when i coach people now i mean one of the things i think that makes me a strong coach right now is that i have been there so i'm mm. not coaching somebody out of a book that i read somewhere this is from my life right yeah. i know how hard it is look, I would never say that was the easiest thing I ever did. I don't regret it. I think it was the best thing I could have ever done. Yeah. But easy, no. And so if you're at that place where you are doubting whether or not you deserve this thing, whether or not you're capable of this thing, whether or not you should do this thing, I mean, the first thing that we have to get real about is like how I mentioned with me, I had to recognize that the only person who was going to make my life any different than it was, was me. Was me. And that's the same for everybody. Yeah. So if you are feeling stuck, if you are feeling like your passion is gone, if you're feeling like you, you are hopeless, like you think it's never going to be any different until you start to have a different message, it doesn't yeah. matter anything that's happening around you. Yeah. It has to come from inside. And I think a lot of people know the problem is that we don't trust ourselves to listen to that voice. Mm. So people know there's already a nudge in you that's saying it's time. Like yeah. it's time. Yeah. But we I don't think we, doubt I, it. I don't think we tap into that enough. Yes. You know, I, I don't think because, you know, there's that level of intuition that you always have, but I don't think we, we tap into it. We don't listen enough. Maybe, maybe it's that we're so busy talking our way out of it that we're not actually listening to what yes. could help us <laughs> you know? I can't like I just got goosebumps I can't even believe that you use that word because really? I I just led this session for an online summit about is it time to pivot and I'm going to be doing uh, a, another course that I'll be opening to the public to help them learn this but I, I created a, a system it's a 3L system and guess what the first word is what listen <laughs> listen it's like you knew. Oh no. But it's so it is so true. Like there are messages trying to speak to us all the time. Mm. But if we don't give them a voice, like think about think about if you if you have a friend and you keep saying to them, "Hey, let's get coffee. Let's get coffee." Obviously pre-COVID. Yeah, or yeah. post-COVID. But you're like, "Let's get coffee or let's have a Zoom. Let's have a Zoom. Let's have a Zoom." And every time they they don't even answer your text. Right. How uh, how much are you going to keep texting them? True you're going to have a point where you just stop trying because you're yeah. like, well, she's not listening anyway. So why, why would I try? And our intuition yeah. can be the same. Yeah. If we don't, if we don't give it space and hear it, it gets really quiet. And then we, then it's really hard to hear. It doesn't yeah. mean it's not there. Yeah. It, get, it almost gets drowned out by everything else. Yeah. Right. Exactly. By our own insecurities, by our, you know, by our yeah. lack of confidence, everything. Yeah. Oh, that is, that is amazing. And 
so during your travels, I mean, you said the intent was three months. Yes. I can't, I'm still wrapping my head around this. The intent was three months and yeah. it continued for three years. Like that's insane, Kelly. Like, yeah. what, how? Exactly. I, I, like, how, how, when, how? Like, yeah. what? After the first three months, let's start there. After the first three months, Mm -hmm. what happened? Like, what was going on that, you know, you spoke of all this magic that was happening, but what was going on that three months turned into three years? Yes. So I'll tell you, there was a, there was a mid, not a midpoint, but at, at four months, Mm -hmm. I actually went back to Los Angeles and on the plane ride back to LA, I was like, this is not over. Mm. I, I'm, I'm leaving, ba- I'm going back because it fits with what I was originally thinking. Right. But I knew, I just knew something had shifted and that wasn't the end. But I had, because I was only going to be gone for three months, I had been like subleasing out my apartment. Right. And um, I, I couldn't, it, the person was moving out and I was like, I can't keep subleasing this particular apartment. I don't, I, anyway, I had to make this choice. If I'm going to go back on the road, am I going to get rid of my apartment? And I'm, I'll tell you, listen, it was actually harder. I was living in a rent controlled apartment in Los Angeles in what was now a very hip neighborhood. It wasn't when I moved in. So my rent was very low. Right. And that was harder to leave that apartment than it was to leave my job. Wow. Because I knew a job, I can go find another one, an affordable apartment in Los Angeles, probably not going to (laughs) happen. But here's another piece that I had to pivot at that point. So I'll let you in on a little secret. I was like a borderline hoarder. Right. I kept a lot of things and I had to make a decision at that point. What's more important to me, this adventure or my stuff? These things. And I had Mm. to face a lot of internal stuff and Mm. start letting go. So I went from being a borderline hoarder to living out of a backpack for three years. If I can do that, anybody can do anything. Right. <laughs> Everything's possible. But so much starts with your mind, right? Yeah. So I had to make the mindset shift that it was more important for me to have the experience and the adventure than it was to have the stuff. Mm. There was a choice to make there. Choices. So a lot of times, right, in our journey, you know, even if you decide you're going to start taking that leap, you're going to pivot the way that you want to pivot, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for you to make one choice or another. Mm. Do I sleep in today or do I get up and get my work done? Do I call the person who I have to ask a, like for a sale or do I not do like, yeah. you're going to have a lot of places where you make a choice, but remember again, we're the only ones that can shift our future. Right. Mm. So coming back to like the adventure, really fun part, not life moral story, but I, so I went back on the road and part of, so all the magical things that happened, I, I mean, it would take us like seven podcasts just to talk about all of those really <laughs> magical things, but connecting yeah. to people was really the key of what made my journey last as long as it did on the budget that I had. Right. Because what would happen is I would get to a new country and I would connect with local people. And in some cases that ended up with invitations to live with people. Nice. And so my cost of living was low. In some cases I offered, so my previous background was training and development, strategic planning, change management, Uh, conflict resolution. So what I would do is I would find nonprofits and say, Hey, look, I've got this set of professional skills. Um, And in a lot of developing countries, they don't have people with those skill sets. No. So I would go and work with nonprofits and in exchange, get room and board. 
Um, and then that was also great because I got to really hang out again with local people and learn like local culture and not be living like a tourist. Yeah. Yeah. So that happened a lot. I also stayed at hostels, which mm -hmm. people often are like, oh, I could never. I'm yeah. telling you, I have made some of the greatest friends because we met in a hostel. Wow. And yes, there's some really gross ones, but there's some really amazing ones too. And it's, it's about connecting to people. Yeah. And so that it comes back to, I remember I was talking about realizing that that's one of my big strengths and that's what got me through all of those years. So I ended up spending four months on a remote Island in Fiji, uh, living with a family with limited electricity and outdoor plumbing. And like, it could not be more opposite from Los Angeles and had the time of my life. Wow. And then I spent, uh, five months traveling around New Zealand and found ways like, um, a lot of people don't know this, but you can do what's called uh, rental car relocations. And so the rental company oh. needs a car to go from one location to another. And so you get it for free or very cheap. So wow. I would do that with RVs in okay. New Zealand. So I would just be driving like in big circles and stop at different places every time. But I would have a, so with an RV in New Zealand, you can live, you can stop anywhere and park anywhere. So right. I had my house and my uh, kitchen and everything was traveling with me. And I was paying like $5 a day for that. Wow. So there are a lot of ways that you can make a budget stretch, but I'm telling you connecting to people was what really was the key of me being able to extend from three months into three years. <laughs> Kelly, you're amazing, by the way. Oh. <laughs> if you haven't heard that in a while, you are amazing. Oh. Um so much to say i so i took two main things from that from what you were saying um the importance of choice mm -hmm. so knowing knowing what to choose but also knowing when that choice is necessary to be made is mm -hmm. just as important um but i also took what you were saying in terms of skills don't necessarily mean strengths and understand mm -hmm. what I mean by that. Like you, you mentioned, you know, you had these skills and um, you would offer them up to nonprofits as you traveled, et cetera. But your core strength mm -hmm. was connecting with people. Mm -hmm. And I think that is such an amazing point for anyone to understand, any professional, any individual to understand that you can have skills that, get you and guide you through different tasks and projects and activities but is your core strengths that allow for those opportunities to exist mm. where your skills are applied that's what I took from that um but uh so before I even go any further into that quickly tracking back how many years were you in the corporate world how many countries did you travel to where did you go <laughs> Yeah. So how many years in the corporate world? So I will combine. I also did a lot of work in the nonprofit sector. So I'm just going to combine it all together. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. So I did, I mean, I'm going to be, again, I know I don't look my age, <laughs> um, but I, it would have been, oh my gosh, I'm trying to do some quick math here. Like, like 15 years, 15. Oh, nice. 15 okay. Years? Yeah. So something around there. Mm -hmm. Um, doing, you know, various different jobs and roles between corporate and nonprofit work. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, you know, it's a lot of years of doing nice. that. Um, and then 
countries. So I ended up going in those three years. I think my final count was something like 27 or 28 countries. Insane. <laughs> yeah. So many, so many countries. But I, I knew after that first three months, even actually after my first month, I knew that I didn't want to just have, it sounds like it because that's still a lot of countries, but I didn't want to have just to fill my passport, do a lot of stamps. Right. Time. So I spent a lot of time in a few countries. So Fiji, I spent six total months. Nice. New Zealand, I spent five total months. Nice. South Africa, five months. And Morocco, about four months. Right. So I, each of those countries, it wasn't all at one time. I did some traveling back and forth. But so I spent a big chunk in those places. Right. And then a lot of the other places I spent maybe sometimes only a couple of days, sometimes a week. Um, but yeah, 20, I think 27 or 28 countries in the end. Fiji is amazing, by the way. Like, it's have such you, a gorgeous... I passed through there on my way to Samoa a few mm. years ago for our conference. And Fiji, well, I maybe I didn't see enough, but the little that I saw was yeah. amazing. I would go it's, back for sure. Um, it's so beautiful. And like Samoa, yeah. the people are so friendly and hospitable. Friendly, yeah. I mean, that's, I'm telling you people, th this is what Fijians will say. They're like, come home. They don't uh, say, come to my house. House. Come They're home. saying, come home. And they mean it. You know, yeah. like I lived with people that whole six months, except for maybe three weeks of that six months, I was living with local people. Wow. Yep. That's amazing. Like, <sighs> I wish I could travel like that, but you know, um, maybe one day, maybe one day. So talk to me about what came out of all of this. Like, yeah. you know, cause I'm hearing a lot of how Kelly led her way through leaving a career that in some ways people might see as secure, mm -hmm. you know, why, why leave sure for unsure mm -hmm. kind of thing? Um, leading your way from making the choices that you had to make in terms of what made you happy and leading you to three years of bliss, it seemed yeah. like. <laughs> yeah. What was the outcome of all these adventures? Yeah. So, I mean, there were so many things and it absolutely transformed me on a soul level. And some of the main things that I walked away with. So number one, it's bringing back this magic word. Mm. So I am living by this philosophy now that magic, that thing that we all want, the inexplainable, I could not have figured that out myself. Magic happens. Mm. magic happens at the intersection of planning and leaping planning and leaping so if I would have only stayed in the dreaming phase of like someday I'm gonna travel I would love to I want to come back and challenge you where you were like I wish I could if you if you really want it you can make it happen so but it has to come out of that dreaming and we have to start taking action so as soon as I started taking the action is when all those magical things happened. I was right. getting discounted travel, getting invitations to stay with people, getting, hey, I know somebody in, in such and such, you should connect with them. Like, again, that magic, but it happened only after I took my leap. It doesn't happen in the planning world. Mm. It happens in the action world. So you must take action in order for the magic to exist. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I love that's that. Like, yeah, I love exactly that. Right. So that's so, 
a yeah, big sorry. thing. And then another thing that I really took out took out of this is for my own self. So I had I didn't realize, but I had been living my own substitute goals. I had wanted to start my own business for many years, mm -hmm. but I always had those. I let those fears and doubts be my ruling voice. And I said to myself, well, what if nobody pays me? What if I fail? Um, what if people, I know that I'll be good at it, but what if other people don't see it? All those things that will hold us back. But because I had seen in this, in what happened during my travels, all that magic, I'm like, I cannot believe that all of this magical stuff happened and magical stuff won't happen in my next step. So I have to be brave and take the next step. That's and it. so brave, messy action. You mm. just have to keep taking it keep taking it and it may not end up looking the way that you thought but what will this is another question i ask myself what will i regret more doing mm. the thing that is scary and maybe i could fail at or staying safe what will i regret more if i was at the end of my life today and somebody said how do you feel about that choice mm. if i'm going to be like "Ooh, i should have taken the risk then i should take the risk Kelly, do you feel like, because there's this uh, belief that, or persons might have the belief that if they take that step, they may fail, yeah. right? And is that fear of failure, and in some instances, fear of success, yes. that might stop or hinder someone from taking that leap or taking that action towards magic right but do you feel like not taking the leap at all is failure to some extent like because you know i have this I, I strongly believe that failure is really when you stop or mm. when you don't act at all like when you yeah. when you literally stay still yeah. and stop progressing you are actually failing in that sense so What's your thoughts on that? Do you believe the non-action in itself could possibly be failure? I a hundred percent I believe that. So like when I'm working with clients now, one of the things that I'll talk about is this concept that when you behave based on a fear, so you right. act or you don't act because of a fear, oftentimes you end up creating the very thing that you're afraid of. So I'll give you an example around one of the big fears people have, which is rejection. Like I, I want to be accepted, right? So there's two ways we tend to deal with fear. We're either a striver or a hider. And right. so if I have a fear of rejection and I'm a striver, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do everything I can so that everybody likes me and I'm not rejected. Mm. So I'm going to be a people pleaser. I'm going to go do what people expect of me so that they like me, they want to be around me, and I don't feel rejected. The problem with that is that means you're not presenting your actual self, your true self, who you are. You're presenting what you think other people want so that you don't get rejected. That's it. But at the end of the day, when you're home by yourself, you're going to have the message of, well, if they knew the real me, they'd reject me. So what's the opposite of rejection? That does that, that you actually making me reflect now. Hey, <laughs> see, this is you what a good coach does. Yeah. <laughs> you making me reflect now. Um, 
that's that's interesting that's interesting and so for you like i'm so sorry my mind is swirling so for you do you feel like or what let's flip this now what would be your advice you know for persons who are out there especially women because you know we we tend to have this inferiority complex where we feel like you know you know there's a lot of in the professional world in the corporate world in our careers no matter what that is or even in as entrepreneurs we might feel like we're not enough yes yeah what would your advice be to someone who's now starting wanting to take that leap as you did you know not sure about how to do it, when to do it, if they should do it? Like, what would be your advice in that regard? Yeah, well, I think the the biggest thing, because there's so many parts of that. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is we've got to work on our mindset. So mm. if you are saying to yourself, I don't know if I'm worthy. I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't know if I deserve this. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And that's where you go. So I I joke about this when I'm leading workshops, but this is a, this is from a modern day prophet who has, has influence in a lot of the world. And you probably aren't going to expect the source of this, but I think most people have heard of Drake, right? Yes. Right. So I was watching this show that Drake was on mm-hmm. and uh, he was talking about needing to go to counseling because, you know, he was famous at a young age and he was trying to figure out his identity or whatever. And he said a whole bunch of things about counseling, but he's like, the one thing that I really walked away from was this concept of my own voice is what's so important because I hear it 24 hours a day. Mm. Every minute of every day, I hear my own voice. So just think about that from a really logical standpoint nothing is going to outweigh what you're thinking in your head because you hear it 24 hours a day. So even if you have a really amazing support network that's building you up and saying Mm. good things and encouraging you, even if you have done things before that have proven to you that you have what it takes and you are somebody who figures it out. Yeah. If the voice in your head keeps telling you, you can't do it, you can't, you can't, you can't, what voice are you going to be listening to? Yeah. Yourself. Mm. That one. Yeah. So, it's up to us to start changing that message. So if you're believing that you don't have what it takes, start looking back in on your life. We've all been through hard times. We've all been through stuff yep. that we thought, oof, I don't think I'm ever going to get through this. What am I going to do? Yeah. You got through that. Look back and be like, what character traits did you exhibit in order to get through that, to get where you are now? Yeah. How did you become who you are right now? Because the chances are, if, unless you're that very small percentage of people, you didn't come from a perfect family who gave you everything that you needed, who, you know, who there's no flaws with, there's no dysfunction. The chances are you don't have like just a bank account that just will keep replenishing without you having to worry about it. Like we're not set up in a perfect world and you have survived this far. Yeah. So you have what it takes. What else is you, what else is holding you back? Right. If you are afraid that you're going to fail, okay, then let yourself go down the path of, okay, let's think of the worst case scenario. I fail. I lose money. uh, I look like an idiot because I tried this thing and I didn't succeed. Okay. Well then what would you do? Yeah. You, you will have an answer. You'll figure it out and you will recover. The chances of you actually getting to that place are so low but you've got to figure out for yourself, what are are the thoughts that are holding me back and how can I rewire them? Because 
like Drake said, if you don't get that right, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What's happening on the outside. Yeah. And it's so funny that you should say what you said just now, because I was, I was watching a video just, I think yesterday and this young lady was speaking about all the trials and challenges she had growing up and a lot of it was very intense but at the end she said you know I've overcome a hundred percent of my triumphs thus far yes so there's so much more to to give and when she said that I was like oh okay you know because oftentimes we get so caught up in the challenges we get so caught up in all the hard stuff and and all this the stuff that we've been mm. through that in a lot of ways I think that's part of why our mindset doesn't often shift and even mm-hmm. when you said you know who's speaking to us most in our head is ourselves and we kind of have to change that narrative so even changing maybe when we wake up in the morning what we say to ourselves mm-hmm. what is it that we repeat to ourselves throughout the day you know what is it that we end each day with as a reminder to ourselves that, you know, it's going to be all right. <laughs> the yes. challenges happened, but they are yeah. not happening, you know, yeah. oftentimes. Oh, this is so amazing. Um, so tell us about how we can stay connected to Kelly. Like what is happening in Kelly's world now? I know you have a few things going on that I know some of the viewers could maybe some of the listeners can maybe chime into and get connected with you on. So tell us a little bit about what is going on now. Yeah. So I, um, I am doing, I always have like several irons in the fire. That's how I'm wired. (laughs) So I'm working with that, the work from home project that I mentioned that I started at the beginning of all of this COVID stuff. So I'm still, we're adding new courses actually, again, before we got on the, onto the podcasts, uh, a hairstylist is going to be doing some courses around like, you know, what to do if you can't get your stylist and here's some home remedies for beauty. Don't get me started. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I'm looking at my roots. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so we're always adding to that and that's a resource, you know, if you or your workplace um, is trying to adjust to working from home, I can give you the link to that bundle of courses and it's lifetime access. So once people buy it, anything we add in the future, they get, and anything that's there, they get for infinity so they can go That's back amazing. and use it whenever they want it. Right. So, um, so that is one way. And then the other thing that I'm really excited about, because it relates so much to what we're talking about here, is that in the beginning of June, I'm going to be doing uh, a three-day um, course, basically helping people figure out, is it time to pivot? Mm. So if you are somebody who has been, you know you've got that nudge that there's something that you want to shift. Maybe it's your career or you want to start your own business. Maybe you want to get healthier. Maybe you want to shift your relationships. Whatever shift is, or for example, like I know a lot of people really resisted working from home when it was first happening, but as people have had time and they see the advantage of being like, okay, I don't have to commute. I have more time with my family. Yeah. Um, I, there's less stress. I get more done, whatever it is. Maybe you need to be thinking about how you can ask for a more flexible schedule when yeah. things go back to quote unquote normal, whatever it is that you know that you want to, you want to start making a shift. This is three days to just kind of be like a fire starter to help you figure out, is it the right time? And from there, anybody who's like, okay, I know that confirmed for me, it is time. 
Yeah. We're going to launch into a 21 day accountability group where we're just going to see all kinds of things take massive momentum, momentum, momentous action. That's what I'm trying to say, because people are going to have 21 days of checking in and people asking about what's going on. And I just can't wait to see what comes out of those 21 days, because if, if anyone commits to anything for 21 days, lots yeah. of things can happen. Yeah. Somebody, somebody just went through a shorter version of this. Cause I did this with that summit I mentioned mm -hmm. and somebody came, came back to me and said, listen, your course set me on this path. And in one week, this idea that she has had for years and done nothing about in one week, she has now created an organization and launched several online, online uh, workshops Wow! in one week because she, she got that spark. So yeah. imagine with 21 days. So if anybody is interested in that, we'll drop the link uh, for people to get signed up for that three day. And then from the three day, you can decide whether or not you're ready for the 21. But I, it, I'm telling you, I'm going to give you some very practical tools. When I work, I also do this thing where I want to do things that inspire you and help you to see it's possible because you can look at my story. I can share other stories, but I also give you very practical tools because I don't want it to just be like, yeah, I felt really good, but I didn't yeah. do anything. That's it. That's not my point. My point is so that you go do stuff, that you go make your own story so yeah. that you can go share it on a podcast. You can come back to this podcast and <laughs> yes. be like, guess what happened? Because I said yes to something. Exactly. Like, yes. So it's about creating that story for each of the people who say, I'm going to do this. I'm ready to pivot. That There's a key point to that, guys. I mean, Kelly is doing some amazing things around the world. But the key point I've taken from all of this in her courses is practicality like this is not a talk shop this is not just a motivational speech this is we're going to get our hands dirty we're going to yes. do this we're going to take action and we're going to create the magic we want to see yes. right um so kelly what final words would you share you know for someone who really is down and out and in that corporate job and not that we are so just being specific corporate jobs are amazing <laughs> right um but there just may be someone they may be someone in a nonprofit who's not really at their best they may be even someone who is an entrepreneur who is struggling to figure out how to pivot especially in light of covid was the one thing you know, we've talked about mindset, we've talked about choices, we've talked about, you know, taking action and, you know, overcoming the fear or the, the feeling of imposter syndrome. And we've talked about all these things, but what's one action, not, not how they feel or what they should do, was one, just one little step yep. that they can do right now. Yeah to start this even before jumping onto your courses? Yeah. So I, I love that question. And so first let me just back up and say people can connect with me on Facebook as well. Yeah. So it's just my name, Kelly Abanda, A-B-A-N-D-A. -A -A. Um, and I will also be posting stuff there about what's going on. So definitely connect with me there. But to answer this question, I'm so glad that you asked this. So another tool that I use in coaching is a, is a, is something that I call the three in seven. And so anybody who's listening right now can use this three and seven. So what it is, 
instead of being overwhelmed by thinking about how far you have to go between here and where you want to be, just come back and say, what are three things I can do, even very small things, in the next seven days? Mm. Three and seven. What are three things I can do in the next seven days? So if, that, if you're the person who is working in a nonprofit and you're being underutilized, okay, can you have a conversation with your boss? Can you explore what other nonprofits, what other roles and other nonprofits are? And is there something that looks good to you? Can you have a conversation with a coworker or a trusted person to say, hey, this is how I'm feeling? Three right. things you could do in the next seven days. If you are, if you have that longing that you want to start your own business, but you are scared to take the leap. Okay. Maybe you can join a Facebook group um, that is other entrepreneurs and get some inspiration from them. You can listen to another podcast in addition to this one. You can um, talk to somebody who you know has started their own business and just try to ask them some questions. Three small things in the next seven days. If you keep doing that, and they're all taking you in the direction of where you want to go. It doesn't matter if you know yet every step. Yeah. Just think of what are three things and let them be messy. Don't yeah. wait for them to be perfect. So that three and seven, anybody could take that right now and start doing that. That is amazing. So don't forget, guys, please connect with Kelly. Um, if you want to repeat where they can connect with you, please do that now. Yeah. Yeah, so you can connect with me on Facebook with my name, which is Kelly Abanda, A-B-A-N-D-A. -A -A. Um, I'm also, my business name is Design Your Detour. And so that's on Facebook and Instagram as well, Design Your Detour. So I'm happy to connect with people that way. And then I'll also make sure that I give you a link that you can include yep. in any show notes that people can go find out more about the pivot. And what I'll do too is I'll even give people for free if they follow, if they follow the link, I'll give you the link. I'll give them writing prompts for my three L's. Nice. Kelly, this has been awesome. Honestly, I, I wish this could be even longer than this. Mm. Um, I have so many questions. So, so much things I want to know, and I'm sure maybe we can hop back on at some point, do a live, just do something that maybe captures a little more of 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 everything you've experienced yeah. but for now this has been leadership and we've been talking all sorts of amazing things and i know you're gonna there's something you're gonna take from this with that said kelly you've been awesome thank you so much and we will be on the next episode very very soon see you soon <laughs>